0: Revenge, Season 1, Episode 6, Intrigue. Hi, and welcome to the Kowski cast. I'm Mary. And I'm Laura. And today we're talking about Episode 6 in the first season of Revenge. How are you this evening, Laura?
1: I'm doing pretty well in my bed right now (laughs) sorry that was tmi uh but i'm preparing for the big snowstorm how about you
0: yeah uh i brought my work computer home and everything hoping that hoping that maybe i can work from home tomorrow or something we'll see ew for me it's all or nothing there is no work from home it's either i go in and
1: i go and work or i don't go in and i i don't work so i
0: guess that's the beauty of certain jobs yeah true
1: but my uh I did put my windshield wipers up
0: oh oh shoot I didn't think of that yeah the last time we had bad weather it snowed but that wasn't really the problem it was just that like all the snow melted and then turned into ice on my windshield so my windshield was just a complete sheet of ice where I couldn't even get my windshield wipers up they were just stuck solid
1: yeah you um you want to make sure that you get all well, – if, if it snows and it's kind of like a powdery, dusty snow, you want to make sure you wipe all that off before it melts and then refreezes. It's very important. But anyway, I drove up in my apartment, and I was parking right next to my roommates, and they both had their uh, windshield wipers up, so that's what inspired me. No one else in the parking lot had them up, but they did. So My right.
0: problem is just like – I don't know why I'm irrationally afraid that something's going to like – Hit them or some little kid's gonna come and just like karate chop them off or something. Little Johnny boy. No, they can't reach that high up. I don't know. Okay, I saw these kids were kicking like a soccer ball around outside by my car, and it almost hit my car. And I'm like, I bet it it would. It's hitting a lot of cars, like and people just don't know.
1: You do have there's some sketch stuff that goes on in in, uh, the parking lot. Your parking lot, so. I wouldn't say there's sketch stuff that goes we on. We witnessed just, that you know, one thing one time. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah, but it's
0: just part of living in a city. Things happen. You never know. Yeah, mine doesn't happen like that. We're, I'm in a gated community. Not oh, that there's wow. anything wrong with it. No, I'm not wow. okay,
1: you know what? More than half the time, the gate is busted. It doesn't even work. <laughs> the, the gate is not working right now. It's not I keeping think you anybody. don't want to
0: be advertising that. People are just going to know Shit, have, but... the gate is busted.
1: <laughs> Both of them are, so... We're letting in double the trouble. Just kidding. That's probably really bad to say. Uh. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, moving on. Um, yeah. So this past weekend was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. We um we recorded this weekend. This episode's coming out a little late because we were tired this weekend. I know. <laughs> we we're, watched we're... the episode this weekend, but we were just both. I don't know about you, but I slept after you left on Sunday which was, I don't remember what time you left, 7 or 8 or something. I slept, like, I went to bed pretty much immediately then. And then on Monday I came home from work and I fell asleep immediately and slept all all the way until the night, you know, all the way through the night. Isn't
1: that nice? Uh, and, no, I, I left your house at, like, 9, 9.30 maybe because it was
0: after HQ. So I got Oh, home wow, late. wow, when you're marking your uh, schedule on HQ trivia. <laughs> Uh yeah, I got home
1: late like 10 something and then I just ha- have a lot of stuff going on each night um after work. So I'm a busy girl, okay? I got a tight schedule. No time to sleep. I actually did go home Monday for lunch. I drove all the way home and I slept for like 10 15 minutes, like a power nap. Set
0: my alarm. I feel like that's not worth it. Like you might as well sleep in your car at that point.
1: I know, but I really wanted to go back to my bed. So I drove the 10 minutes home got home was on my phone for a little bit and then went to sleep for like 15 minutes then got up and then
0: drove back so power naps baby power yeah got to get them in those sets of 15 or whatever yeah there's a sweet for spot for that REM sleep exactly
1: yeah. there's a sweet spot i've
0: heard like 45 minutes is the best power nap and then like 90 minutes is really good after that to get a
1: yeah, whole cause cycle so, cuz sometimes if you if you wake up the wrong wrong part of your REM cycle, you can actually feel more tired than if you just hadn't gone to bed.
0: I think that's my problem because I just wake up whenever Andrew's alarm goes off and that could be anywhere in my sleep sky- cycle. Yeah, so that's not good at all. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, so this episode, I had a really hard time when I was taking notes, not just writing a huge list of why I hate Tyler so much. And that's just the theme of this whole season, apparently. I think the last three episodes that he's been in have just been making me more and more angry. <laughs> yeah, no, multiple times in my notes do I have, I hate Tyler! Uh, ugh. In this episode, there's no redeeming qualities. Like, some of the first couple episodes, he was just kind of sketchy, but you were like, oh, well, maybe he is just jealous or has Daniel's best interests at heart. No, he clearly does not have Daniel's best interests at heart. Spoiler alert, if your so-called best friend drugs you on your new job, or just in general, that's, that's not okay. Not okay. Yeah, and tries to frame you. Not okay. Not okay. Nope, not into it. So we'll get to Tyler in a little bit, but the main cliffhanger that we left off of on the last episode was that Lydia had fallen off of her roof and sort of sort of been pushed sort of fell backward um pushed by Frank/fell you know, backward
1: I don't I was going to say I, I don't know if there was any physical contact was there he was
0: chasing her up maybe she was running
1: backwards and
0: fell I thought herself. he had at at some point sort of grabbed her arm and tried to pull her or something um but she did she did mostly fall, but she fell because she was being chased. You know. Yeah. True. True. I and mean, you could, you could find a way. It's to just not put him smart to run. When they were inside the house, I don't know why she chose to run upstairs instead of running like out the door.
1: Yeah, that was bad. Unless you got a
0: helicopter up there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was mistake number like ten thousand. But yeah, anyway,
0: so. It opens up with So this episode really starts like the last one, it starts exactly where the previous episode left off. And in this case it starts with with somebody waking up in bed with somebody else. <laughs> and we get this quote right at the beginning of the episode when Emily is waking up that says, "They say vengeance taken will tear the heart and torment the conscious. If there's any truth to it, then I know now that I now know that with certainty that the path I'm on is the right one so that I feel like really shows it, that coupled with the image of her lying in bed with Daniel really shows like, wow, I've kind of stepped across a line with this one. And I uh, guess I'm, guess I'm doing it. Guess I'm all in, you know, guess I'm really going after this person. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, get, get in with his family, get on his good side, whatever. And, uh, found that very interesting because i think that's a line that certain other shows might not cross like you wouldn't have someone blatantly saying basically you know yeah i'll i'll be physical with someone just to get what i want and that be the protagonist of the story it's kind of interesting
1: th- th- this wasn't her uh wasn't one of her ideas going into it right she wasn't going to have this romance, and it goes beyond just hanging out.
0: It goes beyond just kissing. It's, it's Yeah, that, that part's hard to tell because there's so much out of her control. Like, she didn't know that Daniel would be single. She didn't know that Daniel would be down with, you know, or, you know, into her and stuff. So I think that's something that was more convenient, and I think she saw that opening and went for it. But it's hard to tell whether or not that was completely planned from the start. But she's definitely going with it now. Yeah, she does stuff now that she has certain
1: moves that you can tell that, that there's some, maybe some more motives than just, oh, I love you and let's go do this. I'll, I'll explain
0: more later, but. Right, so, yeah, like you said, Nolan shows up and informs her, which we saw him trying to do in the end of the previous episode, informs her that Frank was the one who, quote unquote, killed Lydia, Right. And we don't know yet, really, if Lydia is dead or not. And they watch the recording that Nolan had from his whale cam. And Nolan gives Emily back the photo of her at the New Year's Eve party. Um, Which was good because that was sort of something that in all of the hectic activity at the end of the last episode was an important thing that he managed to also get that photo back. To uh, cover her trail.
1: And you see her, she puts it inside her chest, her, well, her, like, um, box of collections from her dad. So it's kind of, like, okay, this is done. That's yeah, closed. yeah.
0: And it, it's interesting also because Emily states that she wants to give this video to Conrad and Victoria in order to put the blame on Frank for everything, to make it seem like this was all a big plan by Frank for you know hurting Lydia um and this is something that we see a little bit of pushback from Nolan cuz I think he's more feeling guilty and some you know somewhat responsible that this happened to Lydia in the first place and it, while it wasn't his fault at all uh he you know he does have evidence of it and was also breaking into her house right around the same time but you know, they do end up sending the video to Conrad, and he watches it and, and learns the truth about Frank. Uh, because we I guess we assume that Frank... Oh, no, that's right. Frank had called Victoria and said that Lydia had jumped to her death, I think. I think that's what he said. Or Lydia fell? I'm not really sure. I don't remember what he had said, but he had lied. So that's not good.
1: Yeah, and again with these anonymous emails like nolan has somehow hacked into the conrad's uh computer or i guess not hacked but
0: i mean well he's sending he's sending anonymous emails i i don't know i mean you know the jargon on these tv shows is always like oh i've masked my ip address or whatever and it's like okay but you know you would think conrad would have the resources to be able to hire someone to track it down I guess he's just not super concerned about that. But, guys, like, stop clicking on the links in anonymous emails. If I got anonymous email, even if it said, like, click here, open me, or I've got information, no, that's spam. Delete that right away. (laughs) It's just dangerous. Exactly, It's going to be malware. Yes, exactly. Aren't they scared of viruses?
1: (laughs) Guess not. Well, if they are, I mean, if it is a virus, they'll be able to get a new computer like
0: that. But, you know, they probably have tons of top secret stuff on their computers, so. Yeah, so you know we can gloss through kind of some of this because it takes course throughout the episode, but really the plot line here is that Conrad sees this information, thinks Frank is dangerous, thinks that he might be interested in his in uh, Victoria. He also uses the evidence that you know Victoria found out about. Conrad and Lydia still seeing each other and the money that he gave her and I think he's just putting the pieces together and says, okay, the only person who could have given Victoria this information was Frank. He doesn't trust Frank because Frank was supposed to be working for him. Now he's clearly, his allegiance has switched to over to Victoria. So Conrad's like, all right, time to fire Frank. Yep, they meet somewhere and basically
1: Conrad hints that um, he knows that Frank killed Lydia and... He fires him, but he also kind of he gives him a lot of money. Yeah, he to, gives him some play. hush money and tells him to fly and fly away, fly away and never come back. And Frank's upset by this. Oh,
0: obviously. yeah. And he doesn't. He doesn't listen. And I we mean, see Fra- – Frank's like, doesn't Frank say like,
1: you know, I've been working you for so long or working with you for so long been like your most trusted person i've done everything for you but at the same time i don't don't know i i can't tell if he's getting close with victoria to ultimately
0: help conrad or if he really is just getting close to victoria to be close with her i i think he's interested in victoria but i don't think i think this was an incorrect move on conrad's part i think frank is loyal to the Grayson family he's just loyal to both of them and i think that you know if he had to pick between the two he would choose victoria but he's still picking the Graysons over other people. Like I still think there was more he could have done to help Conrad, and I think Conrad's not seeing how Frank going after Lydia is helping in certain ways. Because Frank, you know, Lydia threatened to expose them in the previous episode. She threatened to give a speech that would, you know, put the throw the Graysons under the bus. So I, I think that he's, I think that he's well, wrong in doing this. Well, could any of this
1: be because maybe Conrad likes Lydia? I mean, Lydia was the kind of person that he was—he's been having an affair with her, and now she's could be dead right now. Don't you think? Well, that, yes, that, but I think? I
0: think we've seen. You have to look. I, I think that Conrad is very turned off by the violence that is happening so close to you know, so closely associated with him. I think that if it were ever to come out, you know, he's, he's watched this video that someone has evidence, someone anonymously has evidence that, and they know that Frank did this, and they know that Frank is associated with Conrad. So Conrad's afraid of that, He needs to protect himself, and he knows that he needs to distance himself from Frank. Now, you know, I can see, I can see where he's coming from in that stance, but I, I still think that there were you can almost like say, "Okay, Frank, I'm firing you publicly, but like we're still working together. I just need to pretend to distance myself from you." Yeah, that's because true. I think I think he's not factoring in the fact that Frank is gonna be angry and do what we saw Frank do, which is stick around and now sneak around and you know go after Victoria and start spying on Emily and start going after Nolan. He's sort of he's sort of a loose cannon now, and I think that's going to cause much more harm.
1: Well, I think he's loose cannon, as in he's sneaking into the Graysons' house at night, perfectly timing with when Victoria goes downstairs to grab like a late night snack. I mean, I guess he must be, he must just be stalking them a lot. But when you said he's um, stalking Nolan or or whatever, I don't think that has anything to do with him being a loose cannon. I think it is you know Conrad says hey you uh I have a video proof that you um contributed in Lydia's death maybe um and then he's kind of trying to cover his tracks He's like wait how is there a video proof of that so I don't think that has anything to do with him
0: being well standing. I think That's well frame
1: his Frank, due, dilident, due dil- well, diligence
0: <laughs> due diligence yeah Frank Frank is trying to clear his name, right? And so I think at first he's thinking, okay, Conrad, for whatever reason, just doesn't want me to be associated with him because he thinks that I have more loyalty to Victoria. So I'm going to try and figure out, you know, why Conrad framed me basically and filmed this video. He thinks Conrad did it. And he thinks that, right. Yeah, he thinks Conrad did it. So he goes and tries to check the surveillance and he pays off the security guard and he finds out that Nolan actually did it. So that's when he's starting to yeah, but what what I mean by loose cannon, I mean, look, yeah, I understand why he's why he's going after Nolan. That makes sense. But it's more of a fact of if he was still working for Conrad, he wouldn't be going off and doing these things and Conrad would know, you know, what he was doing or he would say, "Hey Conrad, I'm going to go check this surveillance footage and try to figure out, you know, where that came from because somebody clearly knows and we need to take down whoever, you know, knows what I did. They could be working together, but instead he is doing this on his own and Conrad doesn't know about it. And well, so kind that's to
1: gonna... it's kind of Conrad's fault for, uh, for firing him in the first place. I mean, he, he you'd think that Frank would have been able to say, you know, Conrad tells him at the bar, hey, I've got proof that, you know, you pushed Lydia over and then he could have said – while Conrad's trying to fire him, be like, Hey, you know what? How is there that video proof? Or or, or somehow talk more or convince. Yeah, try to or, work on the problem together. Or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Instead of just taking the money and I guess maybe at that point he didn't think that he could really sway Conrad. Conrad was kind of stuck on his ways, so
0: yeah, and it's a little bit difficult to figure out where Victoria is coming from. We see that Conrad shows Victoria the video, because at first she doesn't believe him. And once she sees the video, she's I think she's legitimately afraid of Frank. And, you know, it's sort of like she's got this guy who's clearly interested in her, but he's coming on a little too strong, and he might be kind of dangerous, so she doesn't want to upset him, so she doesn't want to, you know, deny him outright. But I think she still is, you know, somewhat willing to work with Frank until the very end of the episode where we get this great conversation between Victoria and Conrad where she questions him and she says did you make the recording of the video you know and Conrad says of course not and then she says then who did and i think that that's where it you know really comes down to if she's kind of thinking like frank has a point here if you didn't make it you know who did make it who who did set frank up and who did email that to you and someone knows something about all this that's not you know that's outside is just the two of us and we need to figure out what that is and you you're having this pointless you know fight with frank and we need to think about who the real enemy is
1: yeah she's finally uh acting smart or looking into the situation
0: (laughs) yeah and and that's um that's something else that we've talked about you know over the last several episodes of sort of what what real evidence does Victoria have that something's going on? And now we know that in most cases, the something that is going on has to do with Emily. In this particular instance, Emily wa- really wasn't involved in Frank going after Lydia. That was something Emily was not even aware that Lydia was going to be reading a speech outing the Graysons. That was something that only Frank knew and the Graysons knew. Now the part that Emily is involved with is the sending Nolan in and Nolan getting the footage and then sending the footage to Conrad um in Victoria. That part Emily's involved with. But you know, we've been talking about like how suspicious does how su- suspicious of Emily is Victoria and does she have like a reason for that? In the first couple episodes, I think Emily was covering her tracks pretty well, and I think it's getting a little bit, you know, the game's getting a little too big right now where Victoria's definitely figuring out that there there are other players, you know.
1: Yeah, it's getting a little messy, and especially with Frank, um, you know, Frank sees the surveillance camera video, he sees that Nolan was in there, and then he sees at the 4th of July party, he sees that Nolan goes straight over to Emily to talk to him once, once Frank, uh, looks like he's about to kill um, Nolan or shoot him. Uh, right. Who does, who does we Nolan... Get- Yeah, we can get more into it once we get to that topic. Once we get to um, that topic, yeah. But the one thing that's kind of interesting, though, is that, you know, all this is because Lydia, but they don't really mention Lydia and her condition, her state, you know, is she alive, is she dead?
0: I think, I think they say at one point that she's in a coma, and that's really all that we get. Okay, okay.
1: Well, I wanted to say this one quote that I like, too, that Emily is talking to Nolan, and Emily says, if Lydia dies, it's because she sold her soul to the Graysons um and so far that's been pretty true everybody that's close to the graysons emily's gonna take her down so or emily is gonna take the, them down
0: yeah now this is the first real death you know that we or or uh serious injury that we've really talked about everyone else it's been more frightening them or destroying their careers yeah. or their jobs or their personal lives but yeah I mean, yeah in, dies in this... dies figuratively but for her it's literally too right and so for this one, you know, it's it's tricky, but the thing that's also can make Emily feel a little better about this is that she had already dealt with Lydia. She had ruined Lydia's personal life, which is what she wanted. Lydia was away. Lydia had her money from Conrad. Lydia could have stopped then. It was Lydia's was desire. Episode, yeah, that was episode one. Right. Lydia could have like okay. but Lydia came back into the fold. Yeah, Lydia dragged herself
1: back up there. She wanted more of an exciting life. She was too bored having her money and being in the city.
0: Yeah. Alright, well that really wraps up the Frank and Lydia plot line that goes on. Uh, The rest of the episode can be split into Tyler being terrible and the porters being wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> so that's really how I look at it and let's just get Tyler out of the way first because he's just so terrible uh Tyler has gotten this job opportunity slash internship kind of un- unclear but he's going to be working for the Graysons in some form and even though we saw in the previous episode that Daniel decided to forego that job opportunity and he also gets cut off from his inheritance. Tyler's still on board, so Tyler's getting all dressed up, getting ready to go into the office, and Daniel instead is uh, not not gonna do that, <laughs> I guess. And uh, and Tyler lets slip that Daniel has taken a job at the the uh, stowaway bar, and he lets that slip to Victoria. And he does the classic, "Oh, you didn't already know? He didn't already tell you? Like, stop! You you just." I feel like you should start with, oh, he didn't tell you? Oh, well, I, I guess I should let him tell you then, you know? Don't, yeah. don't just spoil secrets. He's so terrible. I know.
1: I, I have my notes. Tyler is always so nosy. I don't know if it was that specific uh, example, but, like, I feel like he's always sitting in there with uh, with uh, Victoria and Conrad, and he's always just really nosy on their conversation. And
0: I'm not a fan. <laughs> and he he also tells victoria that it was emily's idea or like she was the one who had pushed daniel to work at the stowaway, which is completely not true i mean she did support his decision but daniel came to it you know all on his own yeah exactly um and we also get a conversation between tyler and daniel where tyler is basically straight up saying like Oh come on, she's got you wrapped around her little finger. Like, oh, you slept over at her house. Well, now you need to, you know, let the line out a little bit. And Daniel's like, I want to be serious with her, you know. And oh, well, Tyler just doesn't understand. Tyler that.
1: basically he says something along the lines of like saying that, you know, you were you were, uh, attached to a leash with your parents and your dad's money. Then you cut that leash, but now now you got
0: your another leash. That's Emily. Yeah, so. yeah. It's like, oh, come yep. on, Tyler. <sighs> so, ugh. and then we get Tyler has a conversation with Ashley, which I feel like this is the most clear sort of like how Tyler is just so calculating and manipulative. So he has this conversation with Ashley where she's planning this party, and he says, "Oh, let's go on a date," and she's like, "Yeah, that'd be great." And then he says, "Oh shoot, I just remember that I need to hang out with Daniel." what if we make it a double date instead? And it's like, clearly from the start, he wanted to go on this double date. He had no interest in going on a date with Ashley, just the two of them. He wanted her to say yes, and then he was going to turn it around on her immediately. And I, just the way it was shot with seeing Ashley turn around and walk away, and then, you know, you see the look on his face change, and he goes, oh, never mind, I, I just realized I need to change this. It's like, you know... I just just, feel bad for Ashley. I feel like she's going to get burned. Yeah, because she likes him. She likes him. I don't know why why she likes him. I feel like he's just the only dude around. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe she likes the little swarmy type. (laughs) Well, like, uh, why is she not into Jack Porter or something? I feel like in previous episodes she mentioned that she thought he was cute or something. She's not into
1: commoners.
0: Come on. Oh, right. I'm right. Sorry. (laughs) That's what I'm Uh, saying.
1: Tyler, from what he says, he's like... My parents have a, their own private island. Like he comes from a lot of money, which Ashley likes, cause Ashley's not really rich herself, but she gets in with all the rich folks. So, of course, Tyler looks really attractive to her.
0: Um, and that that actually brings me to the next point I have here, which is they go on this double date, and you can tell Emily is just not into it, but she she's trying to be nice for Ashley's sake. Well, at least she tries to be nice at the beginning. The, of the beginning. Date. <laughs> yeah. And so Tyler's just going on on all these stories. And they're all the kind of thing that if you weren't Emily, you would probably just go, oh, interesting. You know, he's talking about how they own this island and, oh, it's, you know, it's so cheap to just buy an island out here. And so Emily goes, oh, interesting. Like, because Daniel backs Tyler up and says, oh, yeah, I knew that your parents own, you know, land on this island or whatever. Well, and Daniel says, and so, yeah.
1: Daniel says, like, oh, yeah, well, you're supposed to go that one time, but, like... There's, right. Yeah, and then uh, and he's like, yeah,
0: but um, I can't remember. Something happened. And then Tyler's like, oh, yeah, really bad weather. Hurricanes or something. And Emily's like, mm, I didn't think hurricane season was around that time. Like, she's just too smart for him. And she's catching him in all these lies. And what I think is interesting is, from my point of view, Emily has a point. And if I were Ashley, and if I were Daniel... Listening to this conversation, I'd be like, "Whoa, Tyler! Like, you're clearly lying. You're getting caught in all these lies." But just Tyler's way of being indignant—he just turns around and basically in front of everyone's like, "Daniel, you need to get your girlfriend. You know, put her in in her place or whatever." And like, I would just be, and then Ashley's all mad and she's like, "Oh, Emily, you're being such a gray day." biatch <laughs>
1: i'm like i loved like, it. Ashley, like I- how do
0: you how do you not i mean no i loved emily calling him out but i'm just so surprised that ashley was sticking up for him i don't
1: know i know but like maybe she was just too much uh blinded by by him that she can't see through his lies yeah i feel like he's a what is it called a um uh, psyche, what is it, a liar, a, uh, he's a sociopath, sociopath, but, like, psychological, no, what is it called? Something liar.
0: A pathological liar? Pathological lying, the compulsive urge to lie about matters big and small regardless of the situation. Okay. Well, you know, I
1: don't know if he is one or not, but everything he was saying there, I just loved how she was catching him on all the lies, like, oh, those little islands, um, you mean you land? Like, where did you land? What airport? He's like, oh, oh you I just don't land remember.
0: a you land a two hundred million dollar plane in a you know, on a dirt strip somewhere. Yeah, like whatever the price was, but yeah, I clearly have no idea how much a jet, private jet. Costs. Anyway, well, yeah, but
1: anyway, I would like to think that Ashley soon will will uh, notice that Tyler's full of crap. I mean, I feel like she's smart enough to know, right? I feel like she is.
0: I think she's smart enough, but I I think I agree with what you said, like, you know, she's got Emily and Daniel, who are this couple, and I think she feels like, you know what, I need to stick up for my man, otherwise I'm always just going to be the third wheel here, you know, with this couple.
1: Yeah, true. So. True, I believe that. Like, but, but I, like 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 I might as well just scene. go along with some guy that's, he's not perfect, or, <laughs> he's not perfect, but, like, at least I have some guy, and.
0: But. Right. So, sort of related to Tyler being a terrible person, and we hinted at this earlier, or outright said it earlier. So Daniel gets his job at this bar, and there are several different, the timelines, you know, of this episode are all mixed in, but basically his first day of work at this bar is going to be, I keep saying this bar, at the stowaway, at Jack's bar, his first day of work is going to be the 4th of July Uh during the 4th of July party, because, you know, his family's throwing this big party, but I think Daniel wants to prove to Jack that he's not just this privileged rich kid or something, because Jack basically says, you know, oh, is that going to be a problem, you know, that you're going to miss your family's party, and Daniel's like, nope, nope, I'll, I'll start, it'll be fine. There's sort of a weird moment that happens, which is that he's going to his first day on the job, and Emily, like pulls him into her house basically and then you see they start kicking off their shoes and stuff like and i'm I'll just to be late like, to work she's, and then she's yeah like, she seduces him on her first on his first day at work yeah it's 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 things have changed now you know every time when
1: emily and daniel have had intimate moments emily's going along with it but when you see her face she's just kind of like okay let's get this over with yeah 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 and this is the first time where she's flipped the switch and um the script, and she seems like she's seducing him to get into bed. It was kind of
0: like she was playing hard to get for a while, but now she's trying to completely sink him in. Well, and... no, I,
1: mean, I don't even mean hard to get. I just mean her. I feel like when they did, you know, go into the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> i can't say this when they are having (laughs) intimate moments i feel like she's just like not towards him but to the audience yeah she's just kind of like "Uh, i don't want to do this i really don't want to do this i'm gonna suck it up and in this scene she's like i want to do this and i'm thinking it's because she has ulterior motives it's not like she's all sudden uh, change of heart but it's more like i think she wants to pull him away from tyler Uh,
0: yeah i think so i I think that's True. Sure, I, I, I can and, give you something that Tyler can't give you. <laughs> well, I think that's true, but I also was wondering, do you think that she... So, we okay, we know that she, at least right now, doesn't really like Daniel. Like, maybe she finds him attractive or whatever. But we know that she's doing all of this to hurt the Graysons. And so I wonder, does she want Daniel to get in a fight with Jack? Does she want him to get fired? The more conflict she causes between him and... Uh, his family daniel and his family the better for her so you know for her long-term plan i would say not necessarily the better for her in this instance so i'm wondering if maybe she thinks oh i'll seduce daniel now and that'll get him in trouble with jack and we see you know daniel does show up to the bar after this and he's got you know (laughs) it doesn't even it's not really a hickey but he has like a lipstick mark on his neck and jack you know basically start you know doesn't start him off on the on the best foot so that, that happens. Then we get sort of an, a nicer moment where we've got this whole subplot with Declan is trying to get money to take Charlotte on a good on a nice date. And so he goes and steals some lobsters from a trap the night before. And the lobster guys, I don't know what to call them, but yeah, the guys well, whose trap it's he stole from. It's because he steals the lobsters. I mean, does he not
1: think that he's not gonna get caught? And then he sells the lobsters right there at the the dock, like right in view of the people that you know, the, the other fishermen. You know? He's,
0: yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was a dumb plan. He's a kid. <laughs> he's in yeah, high school, he's, but he's he gorgeous. he ends up he he sells them for for less than I think the the peop, the professionals would have gotten and so they're very angry obviously and there's this whole fight basically going on where they're they're looking like they're gonna beat up Declan and then Jack runs out with a baseball bat which that was kind of funny and <laughs> then eventually Daniel comes out and Daniel basically says whoa whoa let's like let's be calm let's Let's handle this like, gentlemen, how much money would you have gotten? And he ends up giving them, like, an extra hundred dollars more than they would have even gotten on top of all the money that Declan gives them back. And I think that that was, it's one of these things that you see in a lot where it's like, this person is trying to do something nice. He's trying to do something good, but he ends up just coming off more like a spoiled rich kid, kind of, to Jack. I I mean, Okay, I I
1: can, like, I can solve all this with my money, like, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's like, dude, you're you're working. You just gave away more money than you're gonna make on your shift tonight, you know. But I I think I think it was nice that he was trying. I I I didn't remember that Basically, scene. Basically, it's like
1: he's the kind of guy that he's grown up where everything can be solved with a with a check. Writing out a check can solve problems.
0: You would think, although with Frank, in the last couple episodes with Frank, it didn't. Lydia, it, yeah, but with Frank, it didn't work. With Lydia, it didn't work. So maybe that theory is a. Not not working too much anymore, anyway, so that is I'd say the the good part of of uh of the Daniel working at the bar. He's doing okay. he's working at the bar, and then and then uh, Nolan I think shows up and and tells tells Jack and tells um Declan like, hey, I'm taking you to the Fourth of July party, and so they all decide to go to this Fourth of July party to get their women because the Grayson's 4th of July party. Yeah, Nolan is trying to get Jack, you know, and Emily together. That's been his thing. And Jack is is sort of telling Declan, like, oh, it's not worth it with Charlotte and all this. And Declan basically says, are you sure that we're talking about me and Charlotte and we're not talking about you and Emily here? So he finally says, all right, Declan, like, I'll give you your shot. Like, we're going to go to this party and see what happens. And so they leave, and that's when things go downhill a little bit. Because after they leave is when Tyler shows up. And Tyler is trying to convince Daniel to drink, which is just, like... (sighs) We talked about this in the last episode, but... I I don't know. A part of me is just mad at Daniel. Like, Tyler's being horrible, but Daniel does take the shot. I know, know. I feel
1: like... Tyler is being a bad friend. It's like, it's like trying to convince somebody that's um, an alcoholic to keep drinking. You know, uh, it's but, pretty
0: much exactly what he's doing. But at yeah. the
1: same time, it's like, come on, Daniel, be, be stronger than that. Don't give into temptation. Don't give into
0: Tyler. Just,
1: but he does. Well, I think we've
0: seen, you know, Daniel. He's kind of a weak person. He can kind of be Persuaded. led around by. Yeah, yeah he's very, he's per, very um, persuadable, but. Yeah, so Tyler, we see him put something in Daniel's drink. And so shortly after Daniel takes the one shot, he starts to get woozy. He sort of knocks over a glass. And Tyler is... I did like how the other bartender there, who was sort of set up to be the, the scary guy, he's very nice and he's just like, oh, is he okay? You know, here, go lay down upstairs. So Tyler... Tyler being him. the
1: hero. Tyler's like, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need
0: to help him out. <laughs> so he sets him up in, like, Jack's bed upstairs and then this is what I think is the scariest part of the episode, just in terms of seeing how much of a psychopath Tyler is. He goes outside and he Well
1: first well first I was gonna say is when he gets puts Daniel into bed, he's trying he's again trying to convince Daniel that Emily's not a good person. You know, while while Daniel's kind of in and out of it, Tyler's saying that um just that Emily's not a good person for him. And at that point, uh, Daniel actually stands up for himself and he pushes Tyler away.
0: Yeah, he's well, but it seems kind of like he's just sort of, like, tired and out of it. And he's like, shut up, go away, leave me alone. But Tyler takes it really hard. And he's, so that's when he leaves and you, you sort of see him, okay, this didn't work. My persuading Daniel here didn't work. So time to resort to drastic measures. He goes outside to a big wooden post. And... Um, I thought I'd remembered him like punching it but he actually it's worse he slams his head into it on purpose and cuts himself and then he goes to back to the Grayson's house where Victoria sees him and he's just like oh oh sorry Daniel was drinking he got in a fight with me he he hit me but it's okay he's he's not in his right mind you know he's trying to be the hero again and trying to be the best you know the angel in Victoria's eyes and it's just so creepy, and, and we hear that, that um, or we see that Emily overhears this conversation. Oh, yeah,
1: and Emily then confronts um, Tyler, it's basically like, yeah, right, Daniel did not do this to you. And that's when they walk in uh, to the pool room where Nolan is, because Frank has dragged Nolan into the pool room as well.
0: Right, so now we are let's talk about the 4th of July party in general now that we've come circled back to that topic and uh on the, on the lighthearted side there's a really great quote that <laughs> that uh, Ashley says uh, i think she says it to Emily at the beginning cuz Emily's talking about you know oh wow you're you're doing such great work organizing this party everything looks great the decorations look great and Char- um, Ashley's like, yeah, it's a little humiliating having to plan a party celebrating the defeat of England. <laughs> we don't take <laughs> rejection well. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's, Ashley's planning comic this-
1: relief. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Ashley's planned this party and, uh, we had heard before, you know, Declan had asked Charlotte to go on a date with him and Charlotte says- Come to this 4th of July party with me. And I think it's actually interesting that Declan refuses it. He goes, Nah, I'm not going to your family's party, but uh, I'll see you later. And then it's kind of nice when he actually does turn up at the party uh, later on. So Frank approaches Nolan and pulls Nolan into the pool house. And there's like this weird reference made in this moment where Frank just pulls him in and says something like, what, what do you think of the video or, or something? What did he say? He said something about something about the video, like, um, I know about the video, I think is what he said. And Nolan's like, oh yeah, I mean, that double rainbow video, that guy's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just this weird classic Nolan to have this, this scary guy like holding you by your, you know, shirt collar and threatening you. And he's just like pulling random pop culture references out thought that was funny yeah and that's where like you said where emily and and uh emily and tyler are having this conversation loudly heading toward the pool house and that's when i guess frank leaves out a back door or yeah something? I'm not and really sure they
1: kind of save nolan in a way
0: <laughs> yeah they, come they in save and nolan Nolan's and on the ground no yeah he's on the ground he gets up and he's just like Shall we talk? this <laughs> just kind of pulls <laughs> Emily out of the way. I like that too.
1: And so, of course, Nolan and Emily go and talk in the main party area, and that's when Frank sees Nolan talking to Emily. So there's another mistake made on their part. I really feel like Nolan and Emily, they really shouldn't be together in public. Like, ever. I mean, if they're really trying to to make this whole plan work, I feel like you just don't want to – have anybody know that you two even know each other you know i think
0: that's what well i think that's the problem is that they already from the beginning it's too many too many people already know that they know each other jack knows ashley knows you know they've been pretty open about the fact that they know each other and i think they sort of said that emily's trying to put on this oh i know nolan he's so annoying kind of thing so she tries to look whenever they're talking like she's annoyed well i think she actually you know also is annoyed that he's there but I think that's sort of what she was going for, in those scenes, um, and that that's really the uh, action-filled part of of the Fourth of July party, in terms of the the fights that happen, and the rest of it is all surrounded by Jack and Declan making their moves on the women. <laughs> so, to rewind in is this episode, is it Jack? Is it Jack or is it Kit Harrington? It's okay. I don't. I don't know where. why Laura thinks that Jack. I don't know what the actor's name is, but the actor who plays Jack looks like Kit Harington from you know, Game Snow. of Thrones. No, no. That I. I don't see it. I do now. There was a completely different image though that I got, which is so Jack comes over to Emily's house. And he starts talking about there's this porch swing and it's kind of falling apart and stuff. And he goes, oh, I knew I knew the, the family who used to live here. I knew the girl and her dad. And the dad always wanted the porch swing to be facing the sunrise and, you know, in this other area. So I want to fix it for you. And he keeps using this excuse of, like, I owe it to you because you keep bringing my dog home. And I'm like, you can't keep using this. Like, you definitely repaid her for freaking walking your dog home or whatever. And... So-
1: Oh, I'm so he, like, uh, he offers to help fix the porch swing, and it's like, of course, it's her childhood porch swing, but he doesn't really know that connection. Well, but,
0: and and that's the thing though that Jack has over Daniel is that he legitimately knew her, like he knew Amanda, and Jack is kind of a link to Emily's past and to her father. Which,
1: is but cute. I just love the way he's trying to, the way he's pursuing Emily, uh, it's really chivalrous, like, Nolan, Nolan keeps saying, hey, Jack, you need to ask her out, and every time Jack comes up to her, it's, maybe you could say he's a little bit of a chicken, but he does it in a different way, you know, Nolan's like, hey, go ask Emily out, and here comes, Jack, come up to her house to fix the porch swing. So, right, know, he slowly, has these nice easy... gestures,
0: but he's yeah. not just asking her out. But I like it. I think it... Yeah, oh. and, and it's cute. And so Jack, he does this. And so you said Kit Harrington. He reminds me of Luke from Gilmore Girls. Like, he reminds me of, you know, he Luke is always seeing Lorelai dating other people. And he's not really the best about speaking his feelings to her, but he always is doing these little acts of kindness. I swear he fixes a porch swing or something at some point. He's he's always, like, fixing her porch or fixing her roof or building stuff for her. And he does these little nice things and he always comes and says, like, oh, it just needed to be done. Like, when she asks why are you doing this? You know, oh, I was annoyed that the, you know, that the door is crooked it's dangerous or whatever like he (laughs) never he never just says yeah he never just says like oh it's because i like you that's why i'm doing it and also you know i feel like he wears plaid and they're a little scruffy i feel like he they're that's the connection i make Um, yeah that's true jack is like a less surly version
1: of luke i see that connection and uh i mean would you would you be interested in a guy? It's kinda of like a, a slow and steady wins the race kind of thing. Like you're hoping that over time me repeatedly coming over and helping doing your favor doing
0: you favors. Well, I mean, this is a this is a classic like, it's not really the same thing. I was gonna say this is a classic Edward versus Jacob argument. Where you've got the one guy who's very direct and then the other guy who's more sort of your friend who's trying to play the long con and be there for you, you know, yeah. in the friend kind of way.
1: I think so, I prefer even though right now it looks looks like Daniel definitely has the lead uh, with, you know, Emily's heart. And, of course, there's, you know, little does Daniel and Jack know there's this whole other ulterior motive, which is why, you know, which is uh, why Emily is, is also pursuing Daniel right now. But just in real life... I, I kind of would prefer the Jack method or the, the Luke method, I think. Because I can get kind of scared if a guy's too forward
0: to... Yeah, but that only works. That only works when there's someone else in the picture. Like, take Daniel out of the picture. If Jack was just doing this, I'd be annoyed eventually. I'd be like, dude, can't you just ask me out? You know, if Luke was just doing that, it's always... He's doing that because Lorelai's dating someone else at the time. Yeah, but you know what?
1: I think, say you take the other guy out of it... uh, maybe that's something where Lorelai could recognize hey Luke's coming around a lot and I'm gonna take matters into my own hands and I'm gonna go ahead and ask him out you know I I think that's what I would do if a guy kept on coming
0: hanging around uh, no you would never there's no no chance in your life that you are ever the one to ask yes I've asked no I've asked guys out I was even talking to my
1: friend today about it like a guy at one point had asked me out, uh, and I couldn't go. It was like, let's go grab lunch, but I couldn't go, so I was out of town. But him doing that kind of gave me the courage and the confidence to be like, oh, he's kind of interested in me. And then I was the
0: one who um, asked. So him you out. asked a guy out. You, you asked a guy out after he already asked you out. That doesn't kill. No, but that's the same thing as a guy coming around
1: and helping you, you know, kind of flirting with no, you. No, I'm
0: saying, what if a guy just came around and said hi to you every day and then you asked him out? No, but Jack's not just saying hi. Jack's coming around,
1: flirting with her and helping her repeatedly. That's, You're right.
0: Jack's coming around and saying, hi. Oh, I'm only saying hi to you because you returned my dog. Well, I feel like
1: So it's girls, even worse than no, that. No, But I feel like girls, we can we can see around that. We can tell when a guy's interested. Whatever. And and like, <sighs> I, so I don't think it just has to be when there's more than one guy in the picture. It would, I'd like to think that Maybe. I would, I mean, I
0: think it's sweet. I think it's sweet, but I enjoy, you know, being direct. Like, I, unlike you, have actually asked people out. <laughs> I know, I've I actually have. Asked, no, 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 I have, I have a, no, I have actually asked people out, not before, the, like, before they've asked me out. I've just come up to people and asked people out. Because I, I would rather just have an answer a yes or no answer and be done with it you know uh, I, I don't mean, need the long I, con i mean <laughs> no and this is not a long timeline for me i i think
1: it helps having one initial uh, you know a guy initially taking um, steps towards you you know, asking you, but,
0: but I... It just has to do with confidence, you know, because for you, what you're saying is you need the guy to sort of hint that they like you before you ask them out. Yeah, it exactly. Be, you know, just say, look, I'm confident enough to know I'm an, I'm a great person. I'm okay. a catch. Well, you can't and so I'm this. just going to ask them out.
1: You can't say all this. You have a boyfriend. You've had a boyfriend for a yeah, long but, time. But,
0: I, but <laughs> there were times when I didn't have a boyfriend, and in those times, that's how I felt.
1: Uh, I think recently, I think more... I'm getting more comfortable in the idea to just ask a guy out. Usually it's not, it's not, uh, like, let's go get dinner together. Like, look, like seemingly really like, like seeming like it's a really, uh, romantic date or whatever, but I'll, but I'll say, Hey, let's go hang out and do this. Like I'll, I'll start out by saying, let's hang out and let's go to amusement park, you know? Yeah, I, I like things to be more casual at first because I'm not the kind of per- I'm a slow and steady kind of person. So I'm not gonna make a really big advance real quick. Like, let's I don't know. The one thing I can think of is like dinner, but that that doesn't even sound really romantic unless it's like a candle
0: lit dinners can be more awkward than you actually. Would
1: think. Yeah, you know what? I think I like not the movies. The movies is too much of. We're not gonna talk at all. Dinner is too much. We're gonna talk a lot. Not that I can't do you it. You need
0: you need more of an activity. But, but like
1: what I'm saying with like one time, you know, let's go to amusement park. I mean that is kind
0: of like a whole day thing though. So that's kind of a lot. But for the yeah. The, but then you find out you go on that whole day thing. You don't need a second or third date to find out if you like them. You spent the whole day together. Yeah, true. It out in one go.
1: Or you spent like the whole day in pain. But like doing I, how at yeah.
0: But how much pain could you be in when you're on roller coasters?
1: Yeah, true. Uh, and, uh, I mentioned one of our other podcasts that I went to, a uh, went to a polo game. Like, that was cool. Like, we, it, oh, sporting, like, that's, I've heard this in other podcasts or other conversations, like, sporting events are cool because there's a mix between some, some, you know, halftime or, or timeouts where you can talk. And you can even talk about the game. You have something to talk about right there. But there's also some times where there's a lot of action going on and you're paying attention to the game. Like, sporting events are actually really good. And guys, generally, not all, but like sports. So I feel like they would even like you more. Because, like, oh, hey, this girl. this girl. This girl's asking me out on a sporting event. Yeah, for
0: so- for someone like you, that would be good. I just do not enjoy watching sports. So that's, <laughs> I don't know if No sports at all? Me. And, I mean, there's not really many sports that I, yeah, that I really get into watching. Um, uh, I've been on, like... I don't know. Like, I had more fun. We This weekend, we went and watched a marathon. And I had more fun spectating a marathon than I do watching, a, like, a sporting event. Well,
1: on TV. that's a little bit different, too, because I love watching... Uh, running events as well, and right racing around to try to catch them at different points on the course. I love that, and seeing other runners, and especially the the race we were at.
0: But I just feel I feel more connected to the people who are right in front of me running alongside the road. I feel more connected to them than the you know twenty people out on the field playing soccer or whatever.
1: Well, yeah, but in college, this one guy who I was not interested in at all, but I did get a free basketball game ticket or, you know, experience game with him, He he's like, hey, I have front row seats, like, it was pretty cool, we got to sit right in the front, great seats, and we went, it was, like, a, this great game, like, I think we went into overtime, which, and we won, like, oh, and the halftime show was the drum line, it was amazing, I mean, minus the guy, <laughs> because we got out of the game, and he was trying to, like, walk me back to my dorm, and I was basically like, oh, no, like, my dorm is, or, like, walk me back to my apartment or something and I was like oh no like my apartment is way in the opposite direction which it was but I was trying to create every excuse I could to like get away from him but I did get a free basketball game sitting front row with the drum line and we won that was pretty cool
0: <laughs> yeah but you like sports okay back and, to, what oh, I went about.
1: to a baseball game once <sighs>
0: yeah I know and you've been to all the sporting events. <laughs> Okay. It's good. Well, so in the debate over Jack and Declan, I think Jack is you and Declan is me. (laughs) Wait, what? So Declan Declan is what I love. He just goes up to Charlotte and he's like, hey, Charlotte, uh, here's the deal. I'm not rich. I don't have any money, but I dig you. (laughs) How how do you feel? And she's like, cool, I'm down with it. I I love how direct the two of them are with each other. He's kind of self-deprecating, though.
1: He comes right up to her Fourth of July party. He's like... Girl, I can't compete. That's
0: self-deprecating. Yeah, but that's no. But th- it's not really self-deprecating. He's being honest. He can't compete monetary, you know, wise. Monetary or, or yeah, he can't. He can't. Yeah, monetarily, he can't compete monetarily with these, you know, these guys that she's used to hanging out with. And he also can't compete in terms of like being as Tall. knowledgeable about. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, he can't be. He can't. You know, he can't compete being as knowledgeable about. You know all the business stuff that probably they would talk yeah, about. Honestly,
1: what is the advantage of Declan? I, mean, I don't see any pluses.
0: The advantage of him is I think that he's a real person who actually likes her. <laughs> Look at her past boyfriend. He's a nice guy. He's not going to beat someone up. Like he's not, you know, he's not the jealous type. He's just, he's into her and he's going for it. And I, I really, I really appreciate that. So yeah, yeah. But I'd rather be seeing, I, I really like how that... direct they are oh. anyway. And, and we see it works out for them. Cause at the end of the episode, they're sitting on a boat and they share a little peck and it's adorable. Yeah, so that is cute. I, I like that. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> Jack decides to do something that I just... Look, I am oh, romantic like, like any other girl, or not any other girl, but I'm I'm just as romantic as the next girl, except I don't Wait, do what? well... I, I'm just as romantic as the next I'm girl. I'm saying, like, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate, you know, gestures of, you know, things, but I have never been into the... The poetry and the like I'm oh, spilling no. my heart to you and all this especially in a public place or whatever well I guess it wasn't public because I think they walked down no dock, he
1: pulled but, her away far away which I also
0: don't like either yeah they I'm walked really down this freaking them. long dock which is like awkward because it's like okay if this doesn't end well now we have to like walk all the way back or even if it does end well you ever have like, a nice conversation with someone but then you're like freaking far away from everyone else you gotta like walk back awkwardly well, hand in hand you or of, whatever
1: reminds me of Gilmore Girls when. I forgot who it was, but some guy. I think it was the guy that works with with Lorelai's dad. Um, That one guy. They, like, go to a restaurant. Jason? And I think, yeah, I think it was Jason. Like, they're walking to the restaurant. The restaurant has, like, all this Digger. action. What?
0: His nickname was Digger. Anyway, anyway, Digger.
1: anyway, so Jason asked Lorelai out to dinner. And they're walking to the restaurant. And there's, it looks like it's, like, a maybe a Japanese oh excuse me Japanese restaurant with all these you know flames and everybody's clapping and this and that and Lorelai's like oh my gosh this is awesome and then Jason leads her into this room where they're gonna have dinner alone and she's kind of like gosh you pulled me out from all the action that's why I can't feel ejected. he pulled her out from all the action
0: yeah but they were in a party with the bus- okay not <laughs> well- your metaphor doesn't exactly work here's another metaphor that doesn't work This is what Jack says to Emily. (laughs) He goes, Sometimes you get a boat out on the open water and you catch a wind and the sails fill and she comes to life under you. All I know is I was going, Whoa, Jack, where are you going with this? Anyway, that was, like, a quarter of it. Like, it went on and on and on. This weird boat metaphor, which I think Emily was getting, at least, because she seemed to understand what he was talking about. I was just like, uh, you're saying she's like a boat? You're, I you're literally saying that a girl is like the boat that you named after this girl, even though you don't know it's the same girl? Oh, it's weird. I don't think, I don't know if Emily wasn't knew. into it. I don't
1: know if Emily knew exactly what he was talking about, but I think she was just like, "Yeah, yeah, shut up, yeah, yeah." I, I understand what you're saying, yeah, yeah, shut up. But
0: sh- he should have just—he should have just gone for the Declan tack and been like, "Look, girl, I know I can't compete. I'm no Daniel, but hey, I'm just laying it out there. I okay. dig you. Hey, feel like he should have done that.
1: Hey, this is another metaphor, okay? One tree hill. I am a huge Nathan fan, okay? And what ja- <laughs> Jack is doing right now, Jack is doing a uh shoot what's his name
0: chad michael murray chad michael murray his
1: character was. freaking the poetry poetry crap I, I, that doesn't get me that doesn't get me going i like the basketball star
0: yeah you only like nathan because he turns out to be good he was not very nice the first season Oh,
1: maybe i like bad boys uh no i don't no, but... no!
0: when have you ever liked a bad boy no but,
1: but nathan's tall and okay sorry okay
0: so you just like the more attractive guy you like the brown haired guys because yes. you don't like blondes for whatever reason
1: Yes. I look better okay. with brown hair.
0: <sighs> anyway, <Yes. laughs> so Emily turns him down, classic, and I think Emily likes him, but I think that, you know, she she's on a mission here. She's got Daniel exactly where she wants him, and Jack would just complicate things, and she's look she does not have time for this swing building cute guy with a dog. She does not have time for that. In another but, life maybe. But the
1: thing is, it's so sad. Uh when, when Jack is kind of pouring his heart out at her, and I think, you know, I think Emily, maybe she does kind of have feelings for him, but she knows that to get her plan to work, she, she's got to go along with liking Daniel. She needs to get in with Daniel to get in with the Graysons, to get in to, close with her, with, with um, the Graysons, and Jack just kind of complicates this whole thing, so and I think I feel like she kind of tears up. I, f- I feel like he basically says, you know, just let me know if you're at if you're at all if you could see this happening at all working, and she's kind of like, you know, what you're you're saying all this to the wrong girl. You know, I'm I'm, I'm with Daniel, but she does seem kind of upset about it.
0: And this will probably lead into the next week's episode. If uh, if what I remember the next week's episode being actually is so oh yeah i think we'll get to that next think, week
1: yeah the the, the 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 saying it to the wrong girl yeah thing. yep saying it to the wrong girl those yep. are some some words so let's to remember. see if, if
0: my memory serves it's either the next episode or the one after that although i've been saying this for about four episodes now so we'll see <laughs> uh anyway well uh that's about it for tonight so feel free to send us comments and questions on our website or on our Twitter, at kowskicast that's Cal with a K. You can also watch our episodes on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, where they will be put up sporadically. Right now there's only one up, but we're, we're working on it. <laughs> and uh, that'll include some images from the show. Hey, um, coming in
1: hot off the press, we do have a comment on our website. And, oh, looks like they're actually complimenting me, and they say, Yes, Laura, I agree. Jack does look like Kit Harrington.
0: Yep. This this is fake news because <laughs> you are you are stating that there is a comment <laughs> that is from something we have not posted <laughs> in our recording that we are still recording. So nice. Hey, try. it's
1: like they're psychic. Like, you know, uh I can tell that it's 75% chance already rating. Okay.
0: <laughs> right, but where you can leave us some other support is on iTunes i-t-u-n-e-s right where we would love your five star ratings and reviews if you enjoy the podcast it's really the best place for people to find our show thanks mary for taking the reins
1: on that one i really hate asking people to do stuff so (laughs)
0: it's fine i could that's why i couldn't be a girl (laughs) scout
1: i couldn't sell cookies (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh! There have been so many Girl Scouts recently.
1: <gasps> oh, oh my gosh! We went. Um, we were. Tra- gosh, I was just trying to get some coffee at Starbucks. Okay, and of course we get cornered, trampled, attacked by daisies. <laughs> they come up to us and they're like, "Who's the mom?" who is the mom mary who is the mom
0: well the question was funny because first they asked who's the mom and then they said are you twins i'm like well which is it (laughs) because those are kind of different things (laughs) neither are true but for the answer i am definitely the mom
1: (laughs) okay she did buy the cookies so (laughs) i guess she is the mom
0: mommy that's all okay that's all for this week's episode i'm wrapping it up thanks for joining us and we'll be back next monday or tuesday if we're late (laughs) again (laughs) for a rewatch of episode seven for now we're the kowski sisters peace out The mom!